0: But our primary focus will be on what we believe the film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Adam and Barbara are ghosts. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away?
0: Their house is being haunted by the living. Maybe the house could use a uh, little remodeling. And they can't scare them into leaving. They're dead. it's a little late to be neurotic. So they're calling on Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Who's no ordinary ghost? Yeah. You don't want his help. Can you be scary? What do you think of this? Now, the party's over. You want somebody out of the house? I want to get somebody out of your house. <laughs> but the fun has just begun. It's showtime. Learn to throw your voice, fool your friend, fun at party. Not bad. Yeah, this is amazing. You want a cigarette? Oh, no, thank you. Oh, yeah, here I come, baby. He's guaranteed to put some life. Attention, keyboard shoppers. In your
1: afterlife. Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice. And the ghost with the most, babe. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo, and joined again, once again, by the lovable Kyle. Kyle. Kyle, we are fresh off our live show uh, last Saturday. What an unbelievable and amazing experience. That was so fun to meet so many new people and friends and family and everything about it. Yeah, great hangout, great time. Fun times. Uh, Gave away a lot of uh, movie posters, DVDs, even a cardboard cutout of Michael Keaton Keaton as Beetlejuice. Uh, So that was really cool. Um, in case you don't know, we are doing Beetlejuice. This is going to be longer than our live version of it because we left time for, uh, Steve and Rebecca Emery to talk about Connor and the loss of their son due to SUDEP. Um, so if you want to go check out their foundation, the Connor Emery Epilepsy Foundation, um, you can, uh, learn a lot of, of stuff about SUDEP and, uh. Epilepsy and stuff like that. Good cause for awareness. Right. So uh, we're going to give a little recap of our live show. Um, Like, man, met a lot of good people. Uh, One of the grand prize drawings was won by Carol Hedges. Uh, We're getting her a t-shirt sent to her. And we also said, hey, you can come on the show. Or you can pick the movie if you don't feel like coming on the show. So she picked Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. So next week, we will be doing Dirty Harry for our winner, Carol Hedges, which is the mother of Todd Hedges from Middle-Aged and Creeped Out, so that was pretty cool, too. And how about them guys? Them guys are great. So Todd, Sean, and Nate... even Nate, we surprised Nate with the first award. ever yeah. tragedy uh, in tragedy person award. for outstanding yeah. editing uh, and sound. So, um, they all had fun with that. And also, a special thanks to Jerry and Tracy Polly for putting on the event, because without them, none of it would have been possible to begin with. Oh, yeah. Great so, organizing events. Really appreciate it. Go give Hillbilly Horror Stories a listen. we love them guys, too. Yes, of course. Uh, so, Kyle. Yes, Jimbo. I got uh, two reviews. I'm going to go ahead and read both of these. So, um, you know, good, bad, I said we'd re-, re-, re read them all, right? Yeah, yeah. So Good or Bad. Uh, the first one, uh, it's called They Sure Know How to Beat A Dot dot. dot. Uh, this is from July 6, 2022 by J Put13, two stars. Listen to an introduction podcast today through another podcast I listened to. This show is very informative, although I'm not sure anyone really needs to know how many actual feet of film was used, but they just kept using the same old joke about a mispronounced name throughout the entire episode. Like, every time this person was mentioned, once or twice was fine and repeated later on in the episode, but every time, not sure I'll listen again, but if that's how it's going to be, but I'll, I did learn some cool stuff about the film they were discussing. So, yeah, we're going to keep beating that dead horse till it stops laughing. So, unfortunately, the you know. uh, the, the movie that I was going to send to uh, Hillbilly Horror Stories, because Jerry wanted something, was uh, going to be Young Frankenstein, mm-hmm. but Kyle, as you know, my uh, laptop... Uh, was full of storage, so I had yeah. to go ahead and de- make some room to delete. So I ended up sending gremlins over to him. So I'm sure this is where this came from. And um, that was the obviously the one show that we did where we did beat the dead horse because you kept mispronouncing the name. Yeah, so, I did. I did. Um, hey, at least they gave us a listen, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We're not always like that, but we do like to have fun. So uh, we thank you for your, giving us your time to listen. I and can't if you all said be again, <laughs> we'll try to keep Kyle under reins next time. Exactly. And then Can we have the another words. one from, uh, this is from Siobhan. He even puts, it's it's, it's spelled S I B H A N N, but he even says it's pronounced as Siobhan. Siobhan. So at least he put that in there so I didn't butcher his name or you really didn't. Very, him, kind of but, him, very kind of him. Uh, this says The Crow. It's five stars. He says, Love your podcast. If possible, could you do The Crow, please? Thanks for that, Siobhan. Yeah. So guess what? Siobhan. Uh, after Dirty Harry, we have decided that we're going to do The Crow for you. So, um, like I said, if anybody has any suggestions on what what we should do, uh, send them in to us. We will do it. So, um, Also, on the the tail end of that, I also got uh, news that we were in the top 200 podcast in New Zealand. I know, right? I know. That's World awesome. famous. Yeah. <laughs> so, How many podcasts are in New Zealand? I mean, 170. I mean, 170 huh? Not only <laughs> is the greatest listenership in New Zealand, but also one of the greatest trilogies ever made, Star the Lord War. of the Rings. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say Star Wars. Wars. I was. Uh, can't I can't take you anywhere. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Saturday at the live event. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Paul Savell. I hope I said his last name right. And Amy. Probably. Um, so yesterday, uh, well, let me recap this. Uh, so Saturday when we were leaving, I was talking to Paul outside, uh, and his wife walked out. But um, her back was hurt, and I said, "Well, Paul, I said you need to, you know, uh, go home, give her a little massage, you know, uh, give her a bubble bath, and then let her turn in for the night, and you take care of everything around at home." And uh, they said, "Well, we've got a." a young kid at home, I think she's, they said five or six, that was going to be doing a uh, science experiment, so they don't know uh, what's going to happen when they get home, uh, that somebody was supposed to be watching her. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I said, she's probably just trying to make a volcano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, like like we all used to. Yeah, to yeah everyone makes the volcano. So he sent me this message on Facebook Messenger. He said, hey, man, I thought that you might get a kick out of this. As we were leaving, my wife and I said something, our youngest doing a science experiment, while we were at the show, and you said something about going home to a volcano in the kitchen. Well, when we got home and started asking her, she's oh, she's almost six years old, mind you, he said. Uh, what were you trying to do with the food coloring? Absolutely no lie or exaggeration. Her response was, I was just trying to do a science experiment and make a volcano. <laughs> so so it's pretty ironic. That, that's exactly what I yeah. said. So, Everyone loves a volcano. Um, Paul, I hope... The food coloring didn't get everywhere, and you got everything cleaned up nice. And let your wife relax while you took care of that. So um, it was nice meeting them. Very nice folks. They're oh, here yeah. in, in, in Indiana, too. So mm-hmm. very cool, very cool. Yeah. So, so Kyle, I think uh, that's about enough of the live show recap. Now into the movie itself. No. Oh. Not cool. yet. Not yet. I have a question. Oh, you have a question. Oh, geez. A question. Kyle, you thought... I was going to give you the same question I gave you at the live show. No. But I'm not. Because the question. I'm unprepared. The question at the live show was what was your favorite Michael Keaton movie? Mm -hmm. Because we all know he stars as the main role Beetlejuice. Yes. And you said. That's a good question, Jimbo. Um, that is the question you're going to ask me, right? That's, no, That's no. the question well, I said. No. What, no, what did, what did you, say?
0: you say on Saturday? I've slept since No, what then. did you say on Saturday? What did I say on Saturday? Say on Saturday? I, I, and It wasn't the Batman. It wasn't Multiplicity. What was it? It was Morbius, probably.
1: No, you said Multiplicity. <laughs> multiplicity, yeah, for sure. And mine was?
0: That's a good question
1: again. You man, Kyle, you're, you're batting 100 I, today. I, I really am. Mine was Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Okay, That's correct.
0: So it, is, it is your life story, Mr. Mom. So
1: it's pretty much based based fact for fact. It's based on you. So today, I thought we'd give you a little different question. Mm-hmm. So Kyle, hit me with it. What is your favorite Gina Davis movie? Gina Davis movie.
0: Oh, 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 oh! oh that, Long, no cheating! Don't. Look. I, know, I remember this. The Long Kiss Goodnight. That's a great Gina Davis. Really? Movie. Yes, absolutely. It was amazing. It's got the same old Jackson has one of the biggest explosions ever. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Seriously, they just like, I think they put all the TNT in the world and detonated the last one in that movie. It's amazing. We got to watch that sometime in the podcast. Yeah, no, long kiss, good night. Easily, great movie. Very good. Very yeah. good. I, I would is. have
1: to. I would have to say probably A League of Their Own. League of Their Own. Also, little, it's the movie. Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom, Tom There's A's. no crying in baseball. No we crying. need to do that movie baseball. too. Baseball. So. Yeah, yeah. So Kyle, let's go ahead and start talking about Beetlejuice. And uh, if you were at the live show, there will be some repetitive material here, but there's a lot more that we didn't uh, yeah, cover. Yeah, so yeah.
0: definitely a truncated version for the live show, but this will be the the full fat podcast glory of uh, bad jokes so let's get into it so um... Beetlejuice, released on March 29th of 1988, directed by Tim Burton of uh, Nightmare Before Christmas fame and uh, P- P- Pee-wee's Big Adventure as well. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I can't believe that. have probably made his biggest breakout here, but this was probably his biggest, like, the real breakout, like, oh my gosh, we got to pay attention to Tim Burton now kind of movie. Um, also written by Mike Michael McDowell for the story and screenplay, Larry Wilson for the story, and Warren Scarron for the screenplay composer was Danny Elfman of uh, many great films I can't have list on my head but then we have we have the budget of the film of 15 million dollars in 1988. that'd be worth about 30 million dollars today. Then for opening weekend it came home only with eight million dollars, so disappointing first weekend. But that'd be equivalent to worth about twenty million dollars in today's currency. But gross worldwide is where it made a big bucks. It grossed seventy four point seven million dollars, worth approximately hundred and eighty seven million dollars in today's money. So very big success for the time there. And uh, definitely had like a you know, slow start, but a, a long road ahead of it of making big bucks. So good for them, Beetlejuice. I'm sure Michael Caden and Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis were very happy with that. And let's see here, brief synopsis of the film. Um, Adam and Barbara, who are moved to a countryside home, um fortunately become deceased and begin to haunt their countryside home, only be tormented and harassed by their new moved in um neighbors, the uh, I believe they're what is it, the Matlins? No, not the Matlins. No, they're the Matlins. Adam and is the Matlin. Only be moved in by the Dietzes, who terrorize the home with remodeling and general chicanery and just destroying the whole vibe of the countryside. Um, Norman Rockwell-esque neighborhood. And so to try and haunt him, they try and get him to move out, but when that fails, they turn to Beetlejuice, a rambunctious, uh, almost uh, ghost, who uh, is more dangerous than he's worth and threatens both Adam and Barbara Matlin and the Dietz's daughter, Lydia. Whew. So, moving on here, we got the awards for the movie. We're going to have the awards here going for the 1989 um, Academy Awards where I won the Oscar for uh, the Oscar hey, Oscar Oscar, well, Southern Indiana uh, Oscar. Coming Oscar for Best hey, Oscar. Makeup then in 1989 it won the Best Film Music Award for the uh, Best Film Music Award awarded to Danny Elfman and then in Nash, in, in 1989 it was added to the <laughs> Um, National Society Film Critic Awards for the, um, the it won which which it won and then the Young Artist Awards it won the Best Family Animation or Family Motion oh Family Animation or Fantasy Motion Picture there we go still getting the words in right to this morning let's see here and that is the awards for Beetlejuice brief technical details right here we only have a runtime of 92 minutes um, color film Dolby Stereo And there is a new 4K released, uh, just released back here in 2020, so check that out. You can see all those rich green green colors and green-black and nice color depth going on HDR 4K for the new release in 2020, so gotta check that out sometime. I bet it looks really nice. Then, moving on here, we have the cast. We have Michael Keaton playing the titular Beetlejuice. Uh, Michael Keaton, of course, best known for uh, for pretty much this role, and also playing um, Batman, and then Batman, and Batman Returns in 1989 and 1992, respectively. Bruce Wayne. Bruce... Jimbo <laughs> I called him off guard. <laughs> <laughs> you never know Shear C Batman my and man. Bruce Wayne in the same room together. Weird. <laughs> and of course Michael Keenan was in um Jimbo's favorite more one of uh, Jimbo's favorite films, Mr. Mom in 1983. And then my favorite film and uh, my favorite film, Multiplicity, in nineteen ninety six nineteen ninety six, and most recently in the biggest movie to of all time, he was most recently in the end credits of Morbius. Have you watched uh, The Founder? No, I have not.
1: About the um, McDonald's, Ray Crock and him? No, I've heard good
0: things about it though. <laughs>
1: It's a good movie. Over the to top,
0: yeah. You know, I, I, you know, always retain out Michael Keaton, yeah. Um, so that yeah, obviously being a joke. The movie flopped twice, so good, good for them. And Kyle <laughs> went both times to see us. So. I, 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 I've seen it once in theaters. I can say that for sure. And uh, man, it was everything I hoped it wouldn't be. <laughs> No, very bad. Um, next up, we have Gina Davis playing Barbara Matlin. Um Gina Davis also best known for movies such as *Dumbo and Louise* in 1991. That Was a good movie too. Um, Jimbo's favorite here: *A League of Their Own* in 1992, *A Long Kiss Goodnight* in 1996. That is mine. And then we have the *The Fly* remake oh, in 1986. That was good too. Yeah, absolutely classic. The Fly remake. Just oh my gosh, what a what a disgusting but lovely movie. <laughs> Then we have Alec Baldwin playing Adam Matlin. Alec Baldwin, of course, best known for playing such movies such as The Hunt for Red October, where he played, uh, I believe it was Jack Ryan was the name of the character. Um, yeah, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan. That's the whole series. He was also in The Edge in 1997 um, with Anthony Hawkins. Great movie. Um, he is the boss baby in the, um, the, the film The Boss Baby in 2017, um, which uh, I... <laughs> <laughs> At this point, it might be his like, highest-grossing film ever, I think, which is insane to think.
1: And he was also in the 30 Rock TV show from 2006 to 2013. And, and, and it's sad to say, though, what um, he's best known for probably won't even be a movie. Um, oh, just, yes. Just Rust recently, the, the movie Rust, where uh, the tragic event where the uh, prop, gun. prop gun was filled with real bullets. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the uh, crow we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks, where um, he, you know, he he did the scene and he pointed the gun and uh, shot and uh, I hit hit one person. Then it actually killed the lady director. Yeah, the director. Uh, so same thing mm-hmm. happened to Brandon Lee, but we'll get to that when we talk about the crow.
0: Terribly sad. I, I didn't know. I didn't know whether you were going to glaze over that or kind of address it head on. Well, I mean, um, I mean,
1: you know, he's done some great movies, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I don't think it's right that his entire career be focused on one bad thing I think he still needs to recognition where recognition is deserved oh so.
0: yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he will um, also, it, yeah, it, I hope they do move past this in a way where, and I hope
1: he can move past it too I, you I, hope, know what I, yeah, mean? I
0: hope he and everyone involved can find right. a way to move past it and hopefully like not a positive note but not feel like they were mistreated afterwards like this is a terrible tragedy and an accident that happened that should have and could have been avoided, hopefully. Um, but uh, you know, and hopefully there's a, there's a path moving forward where they can all move on and still have, you know, uh, successful successful careers, careers and life going forward. Now Baldwin, of course, and he kind of like he's at the end of his career anyway, so not, you know, not right. so like bad to either, either way. Um, okay, but next up, moving on with the cast here, we have Wyana Ryder playing Lydia Dietz uh, Wyana Ryder is perhaps most easily recognized right now, and perhaps even like most well known for um in history for her role as Joyce Byers in the currently running show Stranger Things mm-hmm. since two thousand sixteen. I feel like Stranger Things was kinda like that like the second big wave for Netflix. You know, like it mm-hmm. house cards right there at the very beginning. Um, that went kind of south because of Kevin Spacey. <laughs> but but um, Stranger Things kind of came back with a big fury and like kind of solidified well, a lot of what Netflix was going forward.
1: Well, not only that, um, but it crashed the servers the day the when the, oh, the next, last two episodes came out. Yeah.
0: It crashed it the servers. It crashed Netflix. Yeah, so um, incredibly successful going on her, right? like having probably like the the height of her career to, to an extent right now as well, with one of role in Stranger Things and probably and movies going forward too. So hopefully great, great actors. And of course, she's also in films such as uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in 1992. Oh, that was a good movie too. And uh, Edward Scissorhands back in 1990, another Tim Burton film. Not so good. <laughs> Kyle likes it, I know he does. Uh, I, I, I'm too far away from it. I haven't watched it in a long time, so who knows I really like it? You know I don't have that adult perspective on Edward Scissorhands. Um... Next up, we have Catherine O'Hara playing Delia Dietz. Catherine O'Hara is probably most easily recognized from her roles in the original Home Alone movies, Home Alone 1 and 2, where she played the mom in 1990 and 1992. Calvin! You know, all that fun stuff. <laughs> she was also in the film Best in Show in 2000 and the film Killers in 2010. Next up, we have Jeffrey Jones playing Charlie Dietz. Jeffrey Jones was also in the film Ferris Bueller's Day Off in 1986. Howard the Duck, also in 1986. And Amadeus in 1984. Then we have Robert Golett playing Maxi Dean. Rubber um, Robert, Go- Robert uh, Go- Go-lit, Go-lit. uh I think it's Golette or something like that. It sounds Italian. <laughs> um, Robert Gullet plays Maxi Dean. Um, most well known for um, being a singer who performed in such of the songs as in two story 2, um performing in songs such as uh, movie soundtracks definitely. Like in Toy Story 2, he did the version of you Got a Friend in Me. And in The Simpsons, he performed um, the Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, which caused like a, a Mandela effect where people thought like that was like an older song than it was. <laughs> Even though it was like, no, no, it's just the 90s when that originally happened. So it's just that one Simpsons episode of Jingle Bells, Batman Smells. Batman Smells, of course, being Michael Keaton. <laughs> and uh, he also appeared in some films such as I Deal in Danger in 1966. I'd, I'd, I'd Rather Be Rich in 1964, and he was in The Naked Gun in 1988. Then moving forward here, we have Sylvia Sidney playing Juno. Uh, she was in the films um, You Only Live Once in 1937, Fury in 1936, Mars Attacks in 1996. And Dead End in 1937. Sylvia Sydney um yeah, play a smaller role here in the movie Juno, but like I didn't realize like, more read like, oh wait, she was a serious actor for literally decades and like had a whole giant career and like great stuff for her in a lot of great films. So Sylvia Sidney is awesome in my book after reading up about her um and doing this podcast. Next up we have Glenn Shaddock playing Otho. Um, He was in the film *Demolition Man* in 1993, where he played basically the exact same role as he did in this (laughs) film, and I mean that just character and mannerisms. He uh, really kind of nailed it out of the park of just being a a peculiar, um, larger man. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, 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 thanks. And uh, yeah, you also in the films *Dustin Checks In* in 1996. That was a funny movie. Did you
1: ever watch that? Uh, No, I've never seen it. About the. A orangutan or monkey or whatever. He checks into the
0: hotel. Or I whatever. saw the poster of it and I thought, like, this looks like kind of like straight to video almost. The moment I see a monkey on a cover of a movie poster, I'm like, ah, it's a joke movie. <laughs> yeah. um, and he was also in Meet the Applegates, and then finally we have uh, Dick Cavett playing Bernard. Um, Dick Cavett, of course, best known for the Dick Cavett Show between 1968 and 1977. So that's his little place in history, and that is the cast of Beetlejuice. Jimbo,
1: take it away from me. You done? Yes, I'm done. <laughs> All right. That's what to do for my part? Uh, so here we go. Time to get into some of the meats. The Kyle weeds. gave you the potatoes. I'm going to give yeah. you the meats, yeah. Yeah. the deets, the, the, <laughs> the deets. Yeah, the All those. right. <laughs> Tim Burton originally wanted none other than famous Rap Pack actor singer Sammy Davis Jr. for Sammy Davis Beetlejuice. Jr. Uh, but the studio's exes were like, "Nah, we don't nah, like that that's... idea at all." <laughs> Especially
0: like you would have been a little bit up there for the time, you know, age wise like that too. So also like like hmm, older actor Sammy Davis Jr. But uh, I still would have loved to have seen it though. You know, I think it would have been great. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he would have had a blast doing it. But also, I, I don't know if that would have made for a better film or
1: not. Uh, during the sequence where Adam and Barbara enter Juno's office and see her speaking to a recently deceased football team. A movie theater full of ghosts can be seen through Juno's office window. When the film was released in theaters, the scene created the illusion that the living and dead audience could see each other. (laughs) (laughs) Among the ghosts of the audience are a red skeleton and a green skeleton, identical to the one seen in Tim Burton's later movie, Mars Attacks. A woman with red hair and two men in suits and Ray-Ban style sunglasses, a.k.a. the Blues Brothers. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious.
0: Uh, Tim Burton has some, like, efficiency there where he kind of, like, reuses characters from movies to movies almost and like, kind of wait. Or, like, the, the prophecy kind of has, like, there's ideas he has, like, in his head for, like, years to come. Like, oh, okay, things could be now,
1: term later. Uh, there's Love a it. director's trademark from Tim Burton with dogs where the Matlin's death, uh, deaths are caused by a stray dog wandering around the bridge as the car topples over. Um, it's also the same dog that ran out in front of him on the way down to town. So oh. I think it's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. It's the same. Mm-hmm. Good foreshadowing in the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Michael Keaton's favorite film of his own.
0: That makes sense. I think it's a it's an excellent. I mean, it's like it's a breakout performance for him, and like he had so much fun with it. But I'm sure he loves it. You know, Alec Baldwin. I, I actually had the trivia of, uh, uh, from the live show. Like, this is the film he disliked the most. Oh his, yeah, he, he his performance it. in the most. He yeah. likes the movie, but he he hates his performance. in
1: Right. It. You know, sad deal there. Um, the studio originally wanted to call this film House Ghosts. And as a joke, you know, Tim Burton was like, well, I'm going to come with something give it to him. How about Scared Sheetless? <laughs> and uh, he was actually kind of worried when the studio was like, hey, we like that's that. A, that's a genius that's idea. A <laughs> it's a one to play on words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, no, 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 don't, don't, don't <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> what, I would, what would have happened? That would have oh, been Oh, gosh, we would have flopped so hard. <laughs> uh, according to Tim Burton, it took a lot of time to convince cast members to sign on as they thought the script was too weird, which it's a weird movie. Uh, Gina Davis was the only cast member who would commit to the project at first. Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, and Sylvia Sidney all said no at least once. Producer David Geffen convinced Michael Keaton's manager to convince Keaton to meet with Burton. Once Keaton said yes, Burton personally called Sidney and begged her to do the movie, and he flew out to meet with O'Hara to convince her. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, the you know the line between like the side like the line between
0: genius. Or just crazy idiot is like just like so thin, like it's two sides of the same coin, and you don't know if you're looking at this script, you're like, What in the world well, is going you, you on? You know,
1: here? I always always think back. Um, probably the, the biggest one in history that I think that this happened to was um, Sean Connery when he was offered the role of Gandalf, yeah, and he was like, I don't understand the script, so no. But then League of Extraordinary Gentlemen came on. And he's like, hey, I didn't understand the Lord of the Rings script. I said, no, I'm going to say yes to this. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. One of these is not like the other. Also, how basic is Sean
0: Connery? <laughs> I love they, Sean they, Connery. He thought Lord of the Rings was like, oh, it's too out there. It's too crazy. It's like the book's like a – well, they even had the point of the movie releasing like oh, nearly 100 years right. so old. It's
1: like, dude – man and it's, just, and it's just it's the most classical fantasy ever it's like not even uh, whatever sure. uh, when Adam and Barbara are in the office a voice on the PS system announced Flight 409 is arriving at Gate 3 United Airlines Flight 409 crashed into a mountain in Wyoming on October 6, 1955 killing all passengers and crew aboard at the time it was one of the worst plane crashes in history uh, to this day no one knows why it crashed
0: mm-hmm. a plane I think of that about <laughs> I
1: think I think the plane went down. That's why it crashed. Kyle, a toy line was released in conjunction with the film and featured action figures of most of Beetlejuice's incarnations, as well as Otho, Adam, whose figured had him wearing his famous red baseball cap, the Shrunken Head Man from the waiting room. His figure was named Harry the Haunted Hunter, and came with a detachable head showing what he looked like before death. I just-
0: I think it's just like, who had it on their Christmas gift? And, you know, the little boy was like, I want Otho for Christmas. Kyle, you're going to buy
1: Otho on eBay. How much
0: is he going for? I'm, I bet he's $1,000. Uh, they
1: probably the, only made 10 Julia Lewis uh, auditioned for the role of Lydia. All right, here's some other other people that auditioned for Lydia. So Are you ready? Yes. Lori Laughlin, Lori Laughlin, Aunt Becky from Full
0: House. Oh, you know, just... <laughs>
1: Well, she yeah, wasn't a gel, she, you know. yeah. Uh, Diane Lane, Diane Lane, yeah, yeah, I could see it. Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica, uh, it's no, uh, no, Shields, that'd been cool, definitely. Yeah, that'd been cool. Oh, Justine Bateman, absolutely, I think. Mm-hmm. Molly Ringwald. And Jennifer Connelly, well, they all turned down the role. So all the people were asked and they turned it down. (laughs) Uh, The snake scene had been filmed before Michael Keaton was cast as Beetlejuice and the animatronic snake used Bort. Absolutely no resemblance to him. Mm -hmm. After Keaton had been cast, some additional film was shot for the scene using a stop-motion snake that looked more like Beetlejuice. Mm -hmm. This was suggested by the studio to make sure the audience knows that the snake is actually Beetlejuice and not some random monster in the afterlife that will eat you. (laughs)
0: Oh, Jimbo! I am surprised here. The Otho figures, the the original nineteen eighty nine Otho figures, still are in pack. pack. They're still in pack, still in pack, and they go for less than sixty bucks right now. Right now, we have like forty dollars and ten dollars shipping on a couple of them. I already saw, but you can see the picture right there. That's Otho in the pack, and he's just raining his scarf. He's green. <laughs> he's got he's got a weird snake animal companion with him. It's I Beetlejuice. guess I, I it's supposed to be Beetlejuice, but I also I don't remember that scene in the movie. Um... I don't either. And his head is going real crazy right now. But man, that's some you need to add that to your to your life. To a wish list. Yeah, I need to, I need to put that on my shelf and just think about the Ofo action figure. <laughs> Even unboxed, only only thirty five bucks. That's not bad. Um,
1: one of the controversial comedians, Sam Kinnison, uh, was uh, being thought as being cast as Beetlejuice, but. Kennison's agent never told him about it. he's like nah you better just stay away from this
0: movie <laughs> it would have been a different vibe for him I definitely you know, it's it's not a Sam Kenison kind of movie <laughs> no but it, if he could have ad-libbed 90% like Michael Keaton did in this movie it could have been yeah yeah he could have made it his own movie. I don't think it would have been a PG rating I, it wouldn't have been a PG rating and I don't think it would have been very good I like Sam Kinnison a lot don't get me wrong his comedy is like, like when it was good it was really really good when it was bad it was really bad <laughs>
1: Uh, when Glenn Shaddax, who played Kyle's favorite Otho, died in September of 2010, the last song performed at his memorial service was Deo Deo <laughs> Day The <laughs> banana, yeah, banana Boat Song. Which was used at the dinner party scene. Along with Spaceballs Big and Caddyshack 2, it is uh, this movie is noticeably not- noticed for containing the F word in a film rated PG during the PG thirteen era.
0: Yeah, really shocking. I don't know how you get away with that, really. <laughs> like you like, Surely they would stop you from using the F word in a
1: PG movie, but no, really not. Uh, the movie's box office success created plans for a sequel. Beetlejuice goes to Hawaii, which I think would have been hilarious. But uh, a script was actually commissioned, and Michael Keaton and Wynona Ryder both signed on to reprise their respective roles. But Tim Burton soon lost interest in the project and went on to direct just a little movie called Batman. And Batman returns instead. Mm-hmm. As of uh, recently, they're still trying to get a sequel uh, into production. And mm-hmm. here, later in the notes, I've got the guy that's working on it. Uh, we'll get to it though. Oh, well, maybe we get like, well, like a quick question for you right now. Do you think that will happen in this new movie? I absolutely age of... do not think they will ever get a Beetlejuice movie out. You
0: don't think you'll ever get an Beetlejuice? I, I, I feel exactly.
1: Before Michael Keene or Wynona Ryder dies. Oh, no,
0: absolutely. I think they do. I think I think in this new age of of reboot sequels, they're going to absolutely get Michael Keaton back in there. Well, uh, if
1: they reboot it, then and, they don't need Michael Keaton.
0: Oh yeah, they, yeah, they reboot it, they don't need him, but like don't no do a requel. Do it's, I it's need a to rebo- show you the monster trailer? I, I mean the requel, the requel scenario like Scream 5 or whatever. The monster was. trailer. The monster trailer. Yeah, I know. It's
1: going straight to Netflix now because I thought it was going to Hulu or something. Know it's going straight to Netflix.
0: Okay, cool. It's going that bad, but I absolutely think we're going to get that requel of Beetlejuice 2 someday. something. The
1: only reason I say I that, the only awful. reason I say that is because when this came out in 90... 89,
0: 80, that, 88, 88.
1: Okay. So we're here, 30, 30 years, years later. later mm-hmm. And it's been talked about since this movie was done. I mean, you've had a lot of those... Um, well, fan Billy fiction, Ted's fan, Excellent Adventure 3. You know, yeah, but no, no. On. Those You've had a lot of those fan fiction posters come out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I, I would I, like I, to see I, it. I, but I don't want to see it because I think it's going to be terrible too. You know what I mean? It's one I, it's, of those. It's,
0: it's, I, oh, I, yeah. I think it, it has a strong chance of being awful. It really does, especially with like Russo
1: not being there anymore. You I, know, I could totally
0: dead. see that being like on one of like the major new streaming services, like a Paramount Plus or a Disney Plus, something oh, like that. But I, I like, think
1: I would rather see it as a, a, a TV show, a series. I could see that happening too. It I could think be I'd rather a, see like a limited
0: run series something like that too. Something that that opens the avenue for new movies that don't have to have Michael Keaton or Wyona Writer, but having like a first like run. Oh. Happen Or not even
1: that Or have If you do a TV show And You could explore Some of the Other characters in there Yeah You know like Harry the hunted uh, Head shrinker Or whatever he was You Mm. know Or or even different Maybe Beetlejuice Has a family You know And you've got a crazy cousin Or whatever You could You could take those Different avenues All kinds of silly things You could do you know, I could see a cartoon being made of this
0: show easily. Um, all of these kind of crazy things. I and I think like, I, that, no, it's not something I necessarily want. I just think it will happen just out of pure business direction because I think there's still such a huge. I mean, cult if you look on IMDb, thing.
1: it says it's it's oh. coming soon or whatever. You oh yeah, what it mean. says right. oh it's always. But it's, coming I soon. think, you know, you can go into IMDbD mm-hmm.
0: and change whatever you want. So. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, there's always there's – there's been so much movement for, like, the streaming wars now kind of, like, thing of, like, trying to get all these properties back into the mainstream, like, pop culture zeitgeist. And, like, we got to make sure we have, like, an avalanche of content being made to order to, like, flutter networks so there's always stuff to watch. And I think, like, Beetlejuice is just too popular of a property to leave dormant. Like, you will make something about Beetlejuice – regardless of who you can get back. If Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and Minor all say no, you still make something with Beetlejuice on the title of it in, like, the next five to ten years. Is that that. a Kyle guarantee? That's a Kyle guarantee right there, yes. And when you get a Kyle guarantee, you know. (laughs) I remind me like ten years. Something, something about maybe happening.
1: (laughs) Um, At the dinner party, Otha states that people who commit suicide end up as civil servants in the afterlife. This is actually expanded on in the film where the civil servant's ghost that Adam and Barbara meet in the uh, afterlife are people who have apparently ended their own lives. The receptionist says she tried to commit or she committed suicide. There's a man who hanged himself, which you see him flying flying through there, and the crushed messenger is applied to have done it himself. Juno looks normal, but there are scars on her neck that indicate she cut her own throat. Beetlejuice is said to have been a civil servant and Juno's assistant. It was going to be explained in the film that he hanged himself, which Incompletely and very painfully due to heartbreak. While this was cut out of the film for running time purposes, it is in *With Beetlejuice* is a surprise of Lydia wishing to die. You know, I kind of like to find the uh, the lost scenes of Beetlejuice, like the the, the cut scenes. Yeah,
0: uh, I don't know. Well, what if they had an expanded universe where they okay. had more TV yeah. shows yeah. and yeah. movies? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, all the people in the waiting room and in the office are in the same condition as when they died, and that way they died is shown clearly. You know, you have the lady sawn in half. Uh, you have the burn victim when he's like, "You want to smoke?"
0: <laughs> he's like, "My, my favorite guy is the guy with the incredibly large chicken bone just stuck to
1: his neck <laughs> yeah. at the very beginning of the first scene." <laughs> okay, that, Kyle, you you made that too easy to walk right into that joke. On. So <laughs> <laughs> that's Kyle. What's, what's let's go get some chicken? <laughs> no, exactly. Kyle, I'll stay away from the no, chicken. No. Bone. Uh, but however. Uh, Oddly enough, the the Matlins who drowned are not wet. Tim mm. Burton felt that keeping the actors wet all the time would be too uncomfortable. And I think he's right. <laughs> yeah, but it's a movie. You, you got to have that uh, consistency. Oh, no. Otherwise,
0: all illusion is lost. But no, it, it would be. Really, right, here you long go, to Kyle. See. i for me. the role
1: of Beetlejuice. Dudley what? Moore. Dudley. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Michael Keaton based his performance of Beetlejuice on Chop Top who was from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Keaton later would co-star with Chop Top himself, Bill Mosley. Mosley? M-O-S-E-L-E-Y. I think Mosley. In the 2002 HBO movie Live from Baghdad, released 14 and a half years later. Oh, cool. Uh, When Beetlejuice turns into a merry-go-round, Michael Keaton has bat wings on his ears. Keaton's next film would be what?
0: Batman! And
1: Batman Returns. Um... The skeleton head on top of the merry-go-round looks remarkably like Jack Skellington, yeah. a skeleton figure which Tim Burton had been drawing since 1982. It would ultimately be used as the main character of *The Nightmare Before Christmas*, which Burton co-wrote and produced.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. It is like one of those things again. Did like you like, like
1: that movie? Nightmare yeah, I think it? I
0: think it's fine. I don't have like the cult following to it that other people have, but like I, I thought always, it always right. thought it was like it was a good film. And also like I that's just because like. Tim Burton, I think more so than a lot of directors, even though a lot of directors do the same thing. Like he just he gestates on ideas for literally ten, twenty, or even thirty years, and then finally makes the film when he feels like he has something good going on. Nowadays, maybe not so much because he made some pretty he made some pretty awful movies in the past ten years. But overall, he still has ideas of like, oh, okay, like, he's been driving that since nineteen eighty two, and then like more than a decade later, still you know doing Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, so, cool stuff there.
1: Uh, the Beetlejuice doesn't appear until uh, 25 minutes into the film and ultimately appears in less than 20% of the film in its entirety. Michael Keyes <laughs> spent only two weeks filming. I think somewhere in here said he only had like 14.5 minutes of actual on-screen time. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Actually, I think I've got the filming dates right here. If I can take a look at it
0: real quick. And I can tell you exactly. The filming dates were between March 11th and 1987. Between and um, June 11th. So, um, March... I went, August, January, February, March, April, April, <laughs> two months. <laughs> April, and August. Sometimes get flipped around for me a little bit, but uh, yeah. So a two month filming time for which
1: you know Mike Keaton only had two weeks part of. So
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was only like an eighth of the
1: time. So the casting of Lydia officially came down to just two actresses, namely Winona Ryder and Alyssa Milano. Yeah, uh, that's a. Alyssa Milano would not have been a bad choice. No. (laughs) Yeah. Um, A set of screen-used foam latex prosthetic pieces, which were the faces Adam and Barbara pull off trying to scare the Dietzes, were found in an English couple's home during filming for a UK show called Cash in the Attic, where people put personal items up for auction to raise cash. But the pieces were in such poor condition that they didn't sell. Mm -hmm. But I wonder how much they would sell today, knowing that they were from the movie Beetlejuice. Oh,
0: way too much. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that's another thing, too. I need to bring that up, too, with the practical effects. Um, people go on no on and on about how much they hate CGI or something like that. And they love practical effects done all the time because it looks more real to them. I think this film is the fine example of how practical, le- practical effects look fake all the way but that helps the movie because it makes it more approachable for, for kids. It makes it less gross oh. and grotesque. Well, that I think, well, that's no. how I sometimes make it more grotesque. Oh, yeah. I think uh, practical effects usually do. But this film goes the other way of practical effects where I feel like the practical effects make the movie more approachable for all that kind of audiences. Where it makes it a little bit less gruesome because it all looks less fake enough that you know it's okay to just be kind of comfortable with yourself in it. And you're like, oh, okay, that's the idea they're going for But it's not that thing I'm looking at and being disturbed by. And I feel like this is actually the kind of best part of practical effects looking fake and not looking real. And uh, I think Beetlejuice did a fine job of that specifically. Like all the practical effects in Beetlejuice just look like weird plaster and latex
1: and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's great. Uh, Delia has a knack for repurposing clothing to wear in different styles. And I I had read this. And so when I watched it, I was trying to, to watch closely. So, in one scene, she wears the red sweater that Charles wore in a previous scene, except she's wearing them as pants. She wears the sweater upside down with her legs in the armholes and held up around her waist with suspenders. During the Dietz's first dinner in their new house, uh, Delia is seen with an elaborate decor of black hairband wrapped around her head that nearly resembles feathers. The headband is actually a pair of intertwined women's gloves oh my gosh so you know she is that artist and she's yeah. always making that weird stuff so uh gotta be out there kind
0: of like just gotta shake up the box and like do weird things to see what happens you know yeah you throw things at the wall see what sticks sometimes and when you're an artist like delia well you make a lot of weird decisions <laughs> well you're not a great artist you you still make all those weird choices right that don't pan out
1: <laughs> uh beetlejuice says i've seen the exorcist about 167 times and it gets funnier every time i see it Gina Davis later starred as Angela Rance, which was the adult Reagan McNeil in the television adaptation of *The Exorcist*.
0: Oh wow, small world! I did world. not know that. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice's black and white striped outfit suggests he is a prisoner to the curse that's befallen him. Uh, I think that's very interesting, and and not only that, but Adam has that black checkered shirt. Remember, and he's like, "Hey, Armando, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shop at the same stores." Yeah. Uh, Kirstie Alley was the first choice for the role of Barbara, but the producers of cheers wouldn't let her out of her contract to take the role. Also considered for the role were Sigourney Weaver. Oh, wow. Linda Blair, which would have been hilarious just due to the fact that he just mm-hmm. said that about the exorcist. Yeah. Goldie Hawn, Laura Dern and Linda Hamilton.
0: Ooh, Linda Hamilton would have been cool. Laura Dern would have been cool. Sigourney Weaver would have been amazing because of Sigourney Weaver. Uh, yeah, actually, I like kind of like I like
1: all those casts. Yeah. I think they could all do a great job. Uh, the scene where Beetlejuice eats the fly is a tribute to the great horror film The Fly. Mm-hmm. Gina Davis starred in The Fly, Michael uh, The Fly remake. Uh, Michael Keane uh, himself was offered the lead role in The Fly, but he turned it down, which would have been awesome. Yeah. When Beetle just pulls a fly underground at the beginning of the movie, you can hear the fly scheme, the famous line from that film. Help me, help me. Very good, very
0: good, Kyle. I did perfectly. It was spot on, yeah, the original <laughs> film.
1: <laughs> uh, the title character is named for the bright red star in the constellation of Orion. I don't know. Really? You gave the fact at the live show and you don't know? I forgot already. The Beetle guys, Beetle Geist, thank you. See, and, J- and she, you guys, I knew it. I was just testing you, Jimbo. Angelica Houston was originally meant to be Delia, but she was ill and couldn't come in for filming. Oh, wow. That's sad. That would have been good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, after the surprise box office success of Pee-Wee's Big Adventure, Tim Burton found he was the hot director, being sent all the top scripts. However, he disliked all of them and was on the point of starting to write his version of Batman when he was sent Michael McDowell's original screenplay. He loved the premise and promptly signed on. Uh, yeah, Michael Keane only appeared in this uh, film fourteen point five minutes of the entire film. Yeah, I wonder how much. You know, Kyle, something we need to start doing again. We did it at the. Me and Terrence did it at the beginning, but we need to try to start finding the uh, salaries for the people in the movies. Uh, you know what I mean, yeah, so those, can,
0: those can be tough to find sometimes. Right. You know. So,
1: um, at one point, Tim Burton considered none other than legendary action star Arnold Schwarzenegger for the role of Beetlejuice. <laughs> However. The Geffen Company felt that due to Schwarzenegger's reputation at the time as an action star, people wouldn't take it seriously. But Burton approached Schwarzenegger anyway. He turned it down as he was busy shooting The Running Man. And legend has it, he told Burton, if you have anything else, let me know. I'll be back. I'll be back, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of funny. I think we recognize it now, factors like John Cena and The Rock, that they have great comedic timing sometimes. And I wish Schwarzenegger did get more of those comedic roles well, early you seen on you how career. funny was, what was it, Twins? Oh, yeah, twins. Oh, yeah, he knocked out of the park or junior. Yeah, like films like that, too. Um, and even like modern films, like I remember, like the last Terminator Dark Fate movie, he had like a really good comedy, like straight comedy line. And this one was talking about like, talking about, like uh, hanging curtains as an interior decorator. Really fun. Kindergarten stuff. Cop, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, well, <laughs> the movie is both <laughs> when it should only be one. <laughs> Uh, the, movie's, the beginning and end It's just like the like straightforward action movie, dark, gritty, real, and then the comedy in between. It's like it's like just get whiplash in that film if you don't watch it right.
1: Adam's black and white checkered shirt mm-hmm. is the same one worn by Tom Selleck in Three Men and a Baby. Three Men and a Baby. All right, Kyle, I'm gonna see if you know who this name is. I, I bet you don't know who this. Probably is Probably not. You're gonna let me go. Oh, Heather Langenkamp. Do you know who that is? Never heard it in my life. That's really? not an actor. That's not even a person. She was considered for the role of Lydia after Tim Burton saw her in the movie A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> she d- she turned out the part because she didn't want to, to play a goth girl. You know, maybe I'm
0: going to contradict myself from a decade ago or something like that, but I never liked the first Nightmare on Elm Street film. I didn't. I think it's bad.
1: Oh, man. Not exactly. Well, there goes always. half our <laughs> listening audience. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it aged well. <laughs> I'll say that much. Kyle. I didn't either. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I, I think I think part two's really really started to step up for me. Yeah, part two is when he came into yeah. the character of like because he oh, wasn't you know. in it very much, just a little bit in the yeah. first one. Mm-hmm. But that's we've already done that movie. We have, so. we have, yes, we have. Uh, ironically, Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out by Netflix. Yes, kids. Uh, Netflix used to actually ship out DVDs to people's home, and then they could return them. as kind of like a blockbuster at home for the lazy man. Mm. Um, In 1998, so the very first one ever. So that's a little bit of trivia for everyone who wants to be a millionaire. Remember when they were going to have that whole thing where they're going
0: to they were going to split the service between delivery and one for streaming? They were going to be two separate companies. And and they got so much backlash. Like two days later, they're like, "We're sorry, we ever said we were going to do this. You can go back to
1: streaming. You're fine." (laughs) Uh, Bill Pullman was concerned for the role of Adam. I think that would have been pretty good too. Would have been Mm -hmm. been cool too. All right, some people to kiss her to play Beetlejuice. I want to hear yes or no. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. <laughs>
0: yes. yes I, don't think, I don't think absolutely. So. I love it. Robin Williams. Robin Williams. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He would have he would Christopher have Lloyd. Chris, wow. He kind of looks what, like Beetlejuice in the <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a real Beetlejuice. <laughs> Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, he could have done it, sure. Yeah, you look over oh, the role he did like as uh, the Riddler in Batman. Tim <gasps> Curry. Tim Oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry does everything perfectly. So yes, of course. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I mean, yes, but it's the different movie. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Once again, uh, easy, easy win. Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Uh, no, I can see Robert De Niro. And John Cleese. That. John Cleese. Oh, John Cleese. Of course, of course. He, he was a legend even back then. Um, I tell you, one actor I would have like in, in like crazy alternative world, Bill Paxton. I think he could have knocked it out of the park. Probably.
1: Yeah. In the waiting room at the end of the film, the bottom half of the magician's assistant that Beetlejuice tries to fill up was played by Tim Burton's then girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder. And I wonder in the uh, credits if it says "bottom half of son and half girl played <laughs> by." <laughs> uh, there is an actually a Broadway musical Beetlejuice. Um, it actually went to Broadway March 2019, after pre-Broadway at the National Theater in Washington, D.C., starting mid-October 2018. I Should sure have been cool. Should sure to see. Uh, Wes Craven was the first choice to direct this film, and I think, and Kyle and I were talking earlier, I think it would be a totally different film.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I think so, too. I think it would have been a lot darker, a lot more serious. I don't think it would have been nearly as approachable.
1: Do you think that... Um, do you think they could have made Beetlejuice the next... Iconic horror villain slasher like Freddy Jason.
0: <sighs> it would depend on how much the initial script described Beetlejuice as we know him now right. as being so zany and kooky and uh, you, know, you know over the top. But there was—I mean, that's basically Chucky. He's
1: yeah, over the top, yeah, yeah. zany, um, funny, but he's also a slasher. Mm-hmm. So I I, I, I would like to see a script with that. I think it could be done. Mm-hmm. It's just. You know what? And, okay. I'm going to go off on a little rabbit trail here. Here's what I want to see happen. Okay. The trailer for Halloween Ends just came out. Yeah. And the, okay. I just saw, it. I saw it the date. Here's what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. This okay. is what Jimbo wants spoiler to happen. Not that heckulation. Hope it's not a spoiler Halloween because ends. I will be like, wow, I, I nailed that. If you predicted it. We'll what happen. I want to happen, yeah. I want uh, Laurie Strode, who is obviously Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers, I want them to battle it out the whole movie. And then I want. Um, I want Michael Myers to kill her, and then I want her granddaughter to kill Michael Myers, like cut off his head, whatever, Mm -hmm. and then I want to see her go over there, I want to see her pick up the mask, and I want to see her put it on her face, and then we have the first female slasher (laughs) in horror. Besides, like, I spit on your grave or whatever, you know Uh, what I mean? Because we don't have a female slasher iconic as a lot of these other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I, I totally get what you mean, and I, and I agree with you. I feel like In that way it also uh, leaves the door open for future franchise of the mm-hmm. Halloween. Yeah, yeah. More, so, more, more I mean, that's so. just that's just what I hope happens, but I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. Um, when Adam and Barbara look at the mirror and can't see the reflections, it's Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin looking into the set with the glass removed and the fireplace turned around at the opposite sides. So. <laughs> Trust uh, little film work there. Tim Burton feared the Deo sequence wouldn't go over well since, in his opinion, it wasn't very funny. He turned out wrong, though, because audiences loved it and, he thinks it's, uh, and they think of it as one of the film's most iconic scenes. Which is funny because when they start dancing around the table, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's funny. Uh, when Barbara holds up Adam's severed head, Alec Baldwin was kneeling behind a black show card that was cut around his chin. <laughs> oh, here's some more for Otho, Kyle. Yes. John Candy. Man, R.I.P. Oh man, what knocked it out of the park too. John Candy. never yeah, once again, never a bad role for John. Bob Candy. Hoskins, R.I.P.
0: Bob <laughs> Hoskins. Ooh, that would have been cool. Yeah, I could it's see. It's a it.
1: me, a Mario. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good old Mario. Just, uh, just, John, <laughs> just head first to the window in the yeah. first scene. It'd be great. John Goodman. John Goodman. Uh, <laughs> once again, like
1: it's a different character at that point, but still a great character, always. Among the times the number three is used in this film, if you look at Beetlejuice's left wrist, as he is tanning on the roof of Dante's Inferno, you'll see he's wearing three watches. Another note of usage is in the film of Beetlejuice is in the waiting room, you see he is fourth in line, which means there are three others ahead of him. Also, if you say his name three times and then the three times you have to say home, home, home. So um, a lot of different three is represented very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. When Adam and Barbara are sitting next to the model before Jane arrives, they are directly next to the covered bridge on the model, which is where they died in real life. Oh. Uh, the football. Again, foreshadowing. Yep. The football players bothering Juno are a reference to the 1970 crash of Southern Airways Flight 932, which took the lives of 37 players of the Marshall University football team, along with eight of the coaching staff and 25 boosters. While the Marshall school colors are green and white, the team is wearing red uniforms in this film.
0: I had a lazy U.S. history teacher that was uh, the coach of their uh, their sports team, and I saw We Are Marshall pretty much every other day in school for the entire year. And uh, I, that movie is dead to me. <laughs> so next week, on that, that, is, that is my history of We Are Marshall, the movie <laughs> and that event, which is very sad, but also that movie is just
1: <laughs> I can't I can't see I can't see it again. Uh, when Adam and Barbara are exchanging gifts, the wrapping paper that Barbara takes off hers has beetles on it ooh cool Charles screams at Delia and Otho not to touch his new office they must have actually took him literally because the Ma- uh, Maitland's uh, wedding picture is still on the bookcase oh oh yeah I guess so yeah they didn't, take, they didn't even take
0: the decor, The ticket uh, Beetlejuice
1: uh, name is often misspelled because he doesn't want to be summoned by every person that happens upon his name and, and unintentionally says it three times while trying to pronounce it The Matlins only learn how to pronounce it once he broadcasts a commercial specifically to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Adam and Barbara are inspired by Barbara and Johnny from the opening scene of Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Lydia also mentions Night of the Living Dead when she first meets the two. Charles is also seen reading The Living and the Dead, a magazine that shares a similar title. Uh, Seth Graham Smith, who wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies... Mm-hmm. And who has worked with Tim Burton on adaptation of Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Ooh. and the big screen revamp of Dark Shadows, and... is working on a Beetlejuice sequel. It is assumed the script he developed is not set in Hawaii like Burton uh, wanted in the '90s. So says he's working on a script. We'll see. Hey, there's you
0: know, all deals are always happening. Everyone's in the meeting room talking about all kinds of possibilities all the time. You know, and ninety nine percent of it never sees the light of day for good reason. Mm. You know, but I still think like there will be something called Beetlejuice in the next within the next ten years easily. I think I am almost certain that will happen eventually, but whether or not they'll be good, hard to say. <laughs> um, and also, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, that, that's just it. I got in there. Uh,
1: the idea for the movie came after Poltergeist was a great big hit, but the idea of bad ghosts was flipped. The people who moved into the house would be the awful ones. Mm-hmm. The ghost would be good. Uh, the Maitland bumper sticker says, I break for animals. <laughs> Which, obviously, <laughs> they, they do. killed them. Yeah. Uh, when Beetlejuice appears uh, to the Maitlands in the TV ad, he performs uh, performing in the model cemetery long before it's even re- revealed he's in the model. Uh, I thought you could tell right away, especially after the beginning of the movie when he eats the fly. But oh yeah, when
0: he eats the fly, but, I, I was thinking like when he was actually reading the newspaper
1: there, like if he was implied to be in the model just waiting for him. Um, but it'd be too early for the film. Uh, in the first scene, Adam receives a Harry Belafonte cassette in the mail. Harry Belafonte. Oh yeah, because it's free, yeah, yeah, for the Banana Boat song is even briefly heard early on in the film after Adam and Barbara had just died. Yeah, same song of course is played later at the uh, dinner party. Yeah. Uh, during the dinner party, um, Otho mentions he used to be a paranormal researcher in New York before the market collapses. And he makes a joke that people who commit suicide become civil servants. Obviously, this knows that Otho has legitimate knowledge in supernatural of the supernatural, which comes into play in the film's climax. There's yep. also something in here where, um, when he says about the market collapsing, that it's a nod to uh, Ghostbusters oh.
0: from
1: 1984. That makes um, sense. I'll, if we get to it, I'll read it. Um, Otho was a Ghostbuster. When the secret <laughs> fifth <laughs> uh, when the Maitlands drive to the store. Yeah, I already said that. So uh, the TV show Community, Kyle, which started airing over twenty years after the release of Beetlejuice, staged an elaborate but extremely subtle multi-year tribute to the movie. During the first three seasons of the show, a character said the word Beetlejuice once a season until just after the third season, mentioned an extra in a Beetlejuice Halloween costume walks by in the background. This is a reference to the ideal established uh, in the movie that if you say Beetlejuice's name three times, he will appear. Cool stuff. Yeah, no, excellent.
0: Like, making a three-year gag pretty elaborate. So good on Dan Harmon and the community cast for getting that done.
1: Oh, here's another one for Otho. Wayne Knight. Wayne Ooh, of course, Newman. Wayne Knight. Yeah, yeah Newman. That's...
0: Yeah, he's looking to play that dress part.
1: Uh Michael Keaton came up with much of the character's look himself. He told the makeup department he wanted mold on his face and his hair looking as if he'd stuck his finger in an electric socket, and he requested that the wardrobe department send him clothes from all different time periods. Oh, um, uh, yeah, here it is. Otho claimed to be a paranormal researcher in New York before the market collapsed, but this doesn't explain why. what he meant by that. It could be a nod to Ghostbusters from 1984, where the characters of that film capture and store ghosts out of service.
0: Yeah, I like to think that Ghostbusters like took out all the business away and then when they go straight up all the they just yeah, you know, fell. So yeah, the, the 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 paranormal research in New York fell all because of
1: the Ghostbusters. That's hilarious. I like That's that. Great. Yeah. Um let's see here. Um, when Beatles just in the model uh, is in the model before he meets the Maitlands, he learned to fly out with a candy bar, which we've already said. Um he eats the fly as a chilling me. Gina Davis did appear on The Fly with her soon-to-be husband, Jeff Goldblum, who uttered the same line as he metamorphoses into a human fly. Have you ever watched that, Kyle? No, not, well, yeah, I've seen The Fly, obviously, but I haven't, uh, not, not
0: recently, probably, like not, not in the past five years, probably. It's
1: pretty grimy.
0: Um, it is very, very grimy, and
1: I remember watching it when I was too young and having a lot of nightmares, so that was fun, <laughs> too. Uh, in Beetlejuice's forced wedding, Lydia's dress is bright red. According to the old rhyme about wedding dress colors, married in red, better off dead. So, <laughs> crazy. Uh, during the scene in the graveyard after the Maitlands and uh, where Gina, uh, did, of course, uh, Baldwin and Davis leave, when Beetlejuice gets mad and kicks the tree, originally the tree was not supposed to fall, but on that take, Beetlejuice kicks the tree. It falls down. And he turns around in the adlibs line, "Nice effing model, Hong Kong," to the set designer who messed up. It. Uh, Burn loved it so much that he actually left it in there because it wasn't in the script. So all that yeah. was ad libbed, which is hilarious that he stayed in character. I, 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 yeah, even he's like breaking the fourth wall, he still you doesn't break character. And all right. Like that about him. And when Beetlejuice goes ahead uh, says, "Go ahead and make my millennium," in the model after turning into a snake. Well, speaking to Adam and Barbara, he referenced, uh, he's referencing Clint Eastwood's famous line from Dirty Harry. Dirty go Harry, ahead and yeah. make my day. It all links
0: together. Next right. week's going to be all, it all comes full circle next week.
1: Right. So, Kyle, what's your thoughts on Beetlejuice? You know, Beetlejuice. I, I watched it probably.
0: Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, Michael Keaton. Pleasure to meet you. Man. Michael Keaton. He
1: didn't say Beetlejuice. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> can you just see pop in and be like ah, oh, again really it's all the time I need to go home <laughs> I
0: need to go home yeah Um. you know I've watched it like two or three times over the past couple of weeks to make sure I get ready for this live event and feel like I'm good about the work here going forward um, the more I watch it the more I think I like it I think, the, I think it kind of like it grew on me a little bit more and I appreciate for what it did for uh, you know the time, and uh, what different Tim Burton's career. Made a lot of cool movies afterwards. We got you know the Michael Keaton's Batman, obviously, and uh, really cool stuff there. So, both uh, historically, I really like what it did, and um, personally, I think it's a really solid movie worth watching. You know, even now, I think it makes. Uh, uh, it makes uh, death more approachable and uh, easier to talk about with young people. Sometimes to explain death and not make it something that like is to be like feared or dreaded or something that we, we're not allowed to talk about it, or a taboo subject, if you will. You know, it makes it like you know, death is a part of life kind of thing. So I think that's kind of a cool message to send to anybody. So I think it makes it a good film overall. So overall, yeah, I, I really appreciate the film and enjoy it.
1: Jimbo, how do you feel about Beetlejuice? Beetlejuice, man. Okay, um, you know, once you sit down and you watch it. And you start paying attention, not just watch it and enjoy the movie, because I, I, I did that. But when you start sitting down and you start thinking about everything that Michael Keane's saying, it, it, it's kind of like you could tell he's a bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, yeah. like 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 he's a scary individual. And you see that when he's like trying to marry her and, and, and all that. Um, you know, I like the scene where he's throwing the, the thing, uh, the zipper on her mouth. She unzips it and says yeah. Beetlejuice again. And then he throws that big old iron steel plate yeah. on her mouth. Um, yeah, I, I like this movie. Um, it's a little it's a little Tim Burton-ish, um, if that's a word. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't like a lot of Tim Burton movies uh, because you have to be in the mood to watch them because, you know, I like Pee-wee's Big Adventure's fine because it's not as dark as this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because most of Tim Burton's movies are dark, like Edward Scissorhands, uh, The Corpse Bride, yeah. the Nightmare Before Christmas. But even Batman and Batman Returns, it's it's... The way he shoots it is like dark, you know. What I mean, there's no like vibrant colors or anything. Yeah. Um, but I really like Gina Davis in here. I like I like Alec Baldwin in this. Um, I like Wynona Ryder in this. I think it was almost a perfect cast. Um, and they all work well together, and I like the story. Um, the story was easy to follow; it was easy to flow through. Um, and I love the the practical effects. It's not all CGI. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah no, I think I, that's what makes this movie because I, I even like the old clay animation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the uh, clay
0: animation, the snakes, the uh, the uh, well, the weird Art Deco
1: yeah, kind of uh, all that stuff. Yeah, not Eric I, Eric, I, Eric, and no, I'm no. a fan of that stop stop motion. You know what I mean? And then I, I just think it worked really well for this movie. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, it gets a, uh, a Beetlejuice from me. <laughs> 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 um, also, before we uh, start going into the end, uh, I have to say that um, when we were sitting there and Steve and uh, Rebecca Emery were there, yeah, and their daughter was supposed to come see us, Jenna, and she ended up going to uh, one of their sister-in-law's house uh, and uh, watching some kids. And I said, well... It's her fault, and I told him I was going to rag on her on the podcast because she didn't come see us exactly. live. So, this is the opportunity, yeah. So, this is right. my opportunity going out worldwide. This says Jenna calling you out, calling you out. She came to the live show. You know what? We didn't really want you there anyway, no. exactly. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time without you. Yeah, didn't know it was even know fun, you fun you were without gone. you. Yeah, and we covered a movie that you liked, so <laughs> there. Yeah. So, no, it was fun. Uh, they actually won a DVD copy, and Kyle and I signed it, yeah. and uh. I put Jenna, wish you were here, and then not real big, <laughs> so just have us fun, but yeah, yeah I said I would say something uh, on the podcast tour, so Jenna, hopefully the next time we do something uh, live, you can come and enjoy it have a good uh, old show together, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's a movie you don't like too, when you come make so it a proper <laughs> shindig, alright so um, next week we will be talking about Dirty Harry, uh, for Carl uh, Carl, Carol, Carl, Carl <laughs> uh, Carl Carol Hedges. Hedges, yes, Carl yes. prize um, winner, prize winner um, anything else to say, Kyle? No, I think that just about covers it. No, if you um, want to follow us on the Tragedy Summit Facebook po- uh, group, we have a lot of fun. Post uh, newer information, trailers, uh, memes, whatever. Social media uh, awesome. If you want to leave us a review, go to Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever, and it'll come to us, and we'll read it on the air. Um, but with that being said, I think this episode of Beetlejuice is coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut.